0: Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Block out another restriction supply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.
1: It is Tuesday. It is 340. So we are joined by our Texas insider, Brooks, a.k.a. Bruce Cabena. He joins us. And, uh, hey, we've talked this first time. have got to talk to you since you broke the story of uh, of D'Amico Ryan's being the head coach. And there's a lot to get to, and I know Clint is 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 fired up about what's going to happen with the coaching staff, in particular the offensive side. But I'm wondering you, you cover this team every day. Were you were you at all surprised that the hiring of D'Amico Ryan's was received so much so that it feels like the entire organization, including the ownership and and GM Nick Casario. Have a, a, a completely different feel to the fan base, and almost are looked at like heroes. Were you surprised that his hiring kind of, kind of got the fan base in that space?
2: No, I wasn't. I mean, the question about D'Amico Ryan's wasn't so much whether he would be a fit for the Texans; it would be as he prepared and what does his staff look like. I mean, he was a former player, uh, one of the heart of the original team that was. I mean, the, not the original team, but a team that was still trying to find its image and its identity. So um, he really links the Texans back to the progress of their past and all the fan base. And and that was one of the things about um, the day of his press conference on Thursday. I I don't think any other candidate would have brought back that kind of alumni, that kind of reunion other than D'Amico Ryan's. And it, it's it's a testament to that because people remember that time period. He was a part of the team that made the lead up to their first ever playoff run. He resembles what uh, the growth of this franchise was, the best of what kind of character it was, the person who would set all those standards long before any like nicknames were really handed out to any defenses or anything. Like he embodied that. So no, I mean whenever he came home, that's like the homecoming that everybody gets excited about. So. Um, That wasn't anything that I feel anybody questioned. And then also why everybody was pushing towards uh, them, uh, the Texans wanting them to hire them as far as fan bases and others go. And I remember talking to Jonathan Joseph, um, you know, former Texans defensive back about this uh, the day of, and I was like, so you watched this and you played with them. What'd you think about it? And he was like, honestly, I was just thinking for the Texans, just don't screw this up. So like the, the alumni and how the fans felt about this was kind of the same. They're like, just out of all the candidates here, and you know, I did a study about like um, does experience level for tech uh, for head coaching candidates translate into future success? And to save you all the mathematics of that project, basically, you don't really know what the success of a head coach is going to be. So, if you feel good about all your candidates, if you have somebody who can unite the franchise beyond in all of the things that have happened the past three years. And you feel good about his future versus anyone else. That's that. It makes all the sense in the world to make that deal. So the Texans really, in their condition, it, it was the best-case scenario because not only was it someone from their past that represented something great that could ignite both alumni and fan bases, but he wanted to be there. I mean, just all of the national view of the Texans and all of the things that were problematic about the job and – I mean, those are still legitimate questions in some ways, but the Texans obviously are in better position. But they kind of lucked out, too, that D'Amico was so willing to take on this job, and I found that story pretty striking about what Nick Casario said on the at the podium there on stage on Thursday where he's like, well, we got done with the first interview with D'Amico, and he basically said, bring me home, let's make a deal. And I uh, talked to D'Amico Ryans myself after that, and he was saying that, uh, he was actually looking at his watch. They had pushed practice back that Friday, the day before the NFC Divisional game against the Cowboys, and he was like, oh, man, uh, it's almost 3 o'clock, and he he didn't have to use any notes. Um, I mean, he didn't have time to look at it. He showered up, put his suit on, and was like, if I just be me and the franchise likes me for being me, then I think I'll have a good shot. So that was the big lesson he had from his days with Gary Kubiak, another person, just all of the times that, like, were good for the Texans, D'Amico represents that and the best of their future. So, no, it wasn't a long answer to what you, you asked there, but no, yeah. I don't I don't think I'm surprised by that so much uh, at all. And uh, it, it has been uh, a week in the progress where it just it seems like everybody is really more bought in um, from a fan base interest level again than I've seen since I was hired in July 2021.
0: Damn, chief, that was good. Damn, that, that was the uh, that was the longest answer that uh, that Cabine has ever given, right there. I like it. You you came to play today, dude. Fired you? up, baby. I love it, man. Hey, look, I. Yeah, I, I'm, I get to go now, right? No, 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 hell no. We get you for a couple more. <laughs> I, I at least get one. Hey, man, don't don't give these Nick Casario <laughs> jokes, man. Don't give you. That was a Nick Casario <laughs> oh, the podium
1: joke. Right now, we we'll get to go, right? No.
0: <laughs> hey, um, you know that the, the Miko Ryans is great, but but in in a, in a year where we see. We see the, the, the greatest of all time in terms of Bill Belichick decide he wants to give Matt Patricia play-calling duties. We see the old offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, hired by defensive-minded head coach as, as the, the new offensive coordinator in Tennessee. We watched Nathaniel Hackett be completely out over his skis and not be able to fix do the one thing that you thought he did well when you hired him, fix an offense. We've seen a defensive-minded coach in Robert Sala, for some reason, Hire him in in uh in New York with the Jets. Uh, the biggest concern, the biggest uh, decision left to be made at this point in time is to me. I don't care what they do on the offense on the defensive side of the football. What are they going to do on the on the offensive side of the football here, uh, Brooks? And and is there where we're at today? Is if they wanted to hire Bobby Slowick, if they were head over heels for Bobby Slowick, there's no reason why they would not have already hired Bobby Slowick. Is there a chance? Is there a chance that they could be waiting for this Philadelphia-Kansas City Super Bowl to be over so that they can interview somebody on one or multiple players, I mean, uh, coaches off of either staff?
2: Yeah, the latter there that you brought up there, I think is what's going on here, is the Texans, even with Domenico Ryan, so they went through that week of silence leading up to the NFC title game, and they you know interviewed Mike Kafka and Vero, um, and they still knew that they wanted to go after Ryan's, but they had to wait till the Monday, but they made use of their time and got a chance to um, interview other candidates. And you know, I got a chance to talk to Ron Wolf, the former uh, GM for the Packers, who helped, you know, their, win their Super Bowls in the 90s and built that team up. And he was saying that the more people he interviewed, the better, because people started to eliminate themselves, and he started to feel more certain about what he wanted. Now, you know, all those, all the teams that are available right now, you got people who are... Um, possible in, in, in that side of the uh, and that, that could be potentially interviewed. So, I, I, I do think the important thing here is um, you know, I do think D'Amico Ryans is going to end up with a staff that was just as young as the one he ended up with in the 49ers. And I, I was thinking about that initially. We talked on the show about it, like, and I think the the very first time, whenever we were talking about D'Amico Ryans as a candidate. You know, Bobby Sloak made sense as the passing game coordinator for the 49ers, but he has not—he doesn't have any NFL play-calling experience, really. So the question was like, is that going to be a good deal for the Texans? And I got a chance to talk to Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, and Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins. Both of them were part of that initial staff of the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan, and I asked him about that. And Mike McDaniel had a really good answer. He's like, "No, we didn't. We we knew how young we were, and it wasn't really a." A written it was an unwritten unsaid kind of thing where even though we didn't have all of that experience you didn't want to be the reason that things went bad you didn't want somebody else to have some shortfall just because you weren't prepared so a certain type a certain group of people who feel the self-accountability of the moment can actually feel you know and push each other around to succeed in a, an environment where you know the 49ers were adding a lot of talent too, and that's where the Texans are going to be here for the next couple of years. So, uh, that kind of perspective, I think, is important when you think about what kind of staff D'Amico is going to build and if it's going to be Bobby Slowick or, you know, they, they, they've interviewed other candidates from other teams that are like wide receiver coaches or, or lower position coaches.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one,